Are you ready for Christmas? Question that's asked countless times as we get nearer to December the 25th. No one likes being unprepared for things, but the worrying thing nowadays is someone asked me the question first this year at the beginning of September. And for someone who doesn't even think about getting ready for Christmas until the 1st of December, it was quite a disturbing experience. But over the last couple of weeks or so, there has been an ever-quickening pace to preparations as people rush around making sure they are ready. We went to uh, Dobby's yesterday and it was absolutely heaving with people. But no one wants to be told that they're too late to get a Christmas turkey because they're all sold out, do they? So we go around, madly rushing around, making all these preparations. But whenever our lives get busy, it's important that our hearts don't become overwhelmed. We need to be watchful that our celebration of Jesus does not distract us from our relationship with Jesus. In the opening chapters of Luke, as we've been hearing, we meet some individuals whose hearts were prepared to receive their king. Among them were Mary, Joseph, a guy called Simeon, and a lady called Anna, and of course, the shepherds. They may have lived at a different time to us in different circumstances, but the things we see in their hearts can also be in ours today. When the start of the book of Luke was written, there was no Christmas season. Joy to the world and silent night had not even been written. Indeed, the believers in God at the time could have been forgiven for thinking that their number one carol was, How long, O Lord? How long? We're introduced to Mary in this first chapter. She lived in a very dark period in Israel's history. Nearly 400 years had passed since the words of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, had been written. And they were still waiting after 400 years for the promised Messiah. They're under oppression from the Roman Empire. And life looks very grim. Little do they know that God, in his infinite mercy and grace, is about to bestow on Mary, and through her, the world, the greatest blessing ever given to man. Mary's day would have started off pretty ordinarily. She had no idea that the angel Gabriel was about to visit her, or why, or that this was indeed God's appointed time for the promise of the Messiah to be fulfilled. And perhaps more dramatically for Mary, that she, a young, almost certain, certainly a teenager and a virgin, was to be God's chosen vessel to carry the life of our Saviour within her. Our little Sunday school Mary accepted it pretty well, I thought. Okay. <laughs> but the Mary of the Bible also accepted it pretty much 
in a similar fashion. Mary's story is of a heart prepared for God's visitation. When Mary first heard the words that Gabriel spoke, she was not unnaturally a little perplexed and responded with her mind. The message didn't make sense in human terms. And so she asked, how can this be since I am a virgin? A perfectly natural response in human terms. But when Gabriel went on to give her more details, Mary's next response was with her heart. She knew this was not a time to reason, but a time to believe. A paraphrase of her response might be, I hear and receive your words, for I know they are God's words. I will keep them and cherish them in my heart. I am his servant vessel and welcome him to do in me all that he has promised. What an an amazing response from a young, engaged teenage girl who had just heard that she was about to become pregnant through the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. She could have resisted or argued, offered another option, or tried to come up with a better plan. She could have asked for a few weeks to think it over. She could have said, you know, this isn't the best time for me. I love what you say and I really want to be the one chosen for this amazing privilege. But couldn't it happen after I'm married? So I won't have the reproach of carrying a child without a husband. But she didn't do any of these Mary's heart was ready to trust and ready to receive. It was a listening heart, a yielded heart, and a welcoming heart. It was a heart that heard God's promise, and a heart of faith that was reassured by the words, with God, nothing is impossible. How different it might have been had she made the first choice. Joseph is perhaps forgotten at this particular time of year. Well, perhaps not forgotten, but certainly sidelined a little bit. But without Joseph's heart, hearing the angel Gabriel speaking to him and responding in a very positive way, Joseph was perfectly entitled under Jewish law having heard that his engaged wife-to-be was pregnant and not by him was perfectly entitled to take her out into the marketplace and have her stoned to death. He was also perfectly entitled if he felt like it to take her quietly away to a different place and to divorce her. But Joseph didn't do any of that. Joseph heard the angel of God's words to him and his heart accepted what was being said and responded in a way that was right before God. Just imagine if he'd gone the other way, dragged her into the marketplace and had her stoned. We would have had a completely different story. So Joseph's heart was for God as well. 
Now, God is a very practical God, and he wanted to give Joseph and Mary in particular, but also the Jewish people, and probably us as well, further confirmation if it was needed that Jesus was indeed the promised Messiah. And that's where these other two people, who only get a very short mention in the Bible, but are very important to the story, come in. In eight short verses in Luke, we learn about a man called Simeon. That's all we're told, that he was a man. Simeon's relationship with God meant everything to him. He took his commitment to God seriously, and that commitment shaped his character. The scripture tells us he was a just and devout man. He lived to do the right thing before God and others. As a neighbour, he would have been a man of integrity. He paid attention to the scriptures and knew the promise of the prophets concerning the promised Messiah. And his eyes of faith were looking for his coming. In Luke 2.25 we are told the Holy Spirit was upon him. Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die and go to heaven until he had seen the Messiah alive upon the earth. One day, as he was getting ready, he sensed a leading in his heart to go to the temple. A heart that is led by the Holy Spirit is a heart that is led with peace. He was at the temple just before Joseph and Mary arrived to dedicate Jesus and bring an offering according to the law. What timing, you might say. But it wasn't fate that brought about this meeting. It was the Holy Spirit. Simeon approached the child with outstretched arms. He was about to hold God's salvation for the world. Simeon was not unnaturally overjoyed. His eyes looked on the tender life of God in human flesh. His heart embraced the presence of the Prince of Peace. His soul rejoiced in the fulfilment of God's promise. His words that he spoke declared and affirmed the gospel of the Redeemer, the one who would be a light to the Gentiles and the glory of God's people, Israel. Simeon, having seen and heard all this, was now ready to depart in peace and go to his heavenly home. Similarly to Simeon, Anna is only found in a few short verses of Luke. But her testimony is immensely powerful. She was a prophetess of the tribe of Asher. We are told that she was a very old woman at the time of Jesus' birth. She had been widowed at a young age after only seven years of marriage and had dedicated her life to serving God and to prayer. While at the temple one morning, after a night dedicated to worship, fasting and prayer, Anna came upon Joseph and Mary as they entered the temple with their newborn son. Another God appointment. She must have prayed hundreds, if not thousands of times, concerning the coming of the promised Messiah. And when she saw Jesus, she had no doubt. 
She was enthused and infused with excitement and gratitude. She knew that the promise of the word of God that she held in her heart concerning the coming Messiah had been fulfilled in front of her eyes. Mary, Joseph, Simeon and Anna are all witnesses to those that believe that God keeps his promises. His greatest fulfilled promise is of course that he sent his one and only son Jesus to earth in human form to restore our relationship with God by his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection to sit at God's right hand and intercede for us. The richest people in this world are those who live their lives carrying the treasures of God's promises in their hearts. Hannah prayed and God heard her prayer and answered it. He wants to hear our prayers and scripture promises that he will not only hear them but will answer them in his time and in his way in order to bless us. And what of the shepherds, you might say? Well, their amazing story is found in Luke 2, 8 to 20. And I'll be looking at that on Christmas morning at 10 o'clock here, when we'll be having a short service to celebrate the birth of Christ. If you're able to come along and join us and hear that story, that would be brilliant. If not, then both of today's sermons and the Christmas Day sermon will be on our website very shortly. Just put in the Eaton Christian Fellowship on Google and it'll come up and you'll be able to look at it and hear it. And there's lots of other stuff on there as well. This Christmas, as we remember Jesus' birth, our hearts can welcome the reality of his presence. As we experience one of the busiest times of the year and take time out now to remember his birth, we can be assured that his peace will fill our hearts, his praise will be upon our lips and that his joy will flood our souls. May our faith respond to his presence and his promises and may our heart response to him always be let your will be done in me according to all you have spoken. Amen.